All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. We are here on a Thursday afternoon, and we're just going to talk some shot, man. Brad, how are you? Dude, I'm doing good. I am doing really good. Yeah, we got a nice little slate today. We're going to talk some NFL news and notes. Uh, J.J. Watt, um, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. And then after that's all done, we're going to go ahead and talk some NBA All-Star slash snubs. Um, so if you, uh, if you're sick of the Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson talk, feel free to fast forward, but, uh, I think you'll like it. So let's go ahead and, uh, let's get rolling. Let's start with JJ Watt. Yeah. I'll let you kind of maybe take this, this story away. What you got? Yeah, sure. Uh, obviously we all follow the fact that, you know, he was kind of critical of the Texans late in the season. He's gone and he's kind of just playing free agency. I mean, he's kind of shooting stuff out there, getting some talking going on. Um, obviously everyone knows as a Steelers fan, it's fun to fantasize JJ coming, you know, the third Watt, JJ and TJ playing on the same defense. However, I think we always knew that was a long shot. Steelers are trending downwards and they do not have the money either. So when you look at realistic destinations, um, I always kind of said the bills need a front seven guy and they're trending upwards and they've got the quarterback and they were AFC championship game last year. And uh, Sean McDermott seems to be doing a really good job with with his defense with the pieces that they have. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Titans are a good fit. Obviously, he gets to play the Texans twice a year, and they could use the help. Vrabel's really smart, and the Packers are kind of you know his lifelong dream. You know, in in a way, he always dreamed about playing for the Packers or what it would be like. You know, growing up in Wisconsin. But man, none of these teams are doing great for cap. Um, I think the team that has the best situation is the Titans, even though it's not great. However, I think the Bills are going to get it done. Um, I just think that that's the best fit. Um, he stays in the AFC. They're primed to win their division again. It's almost a certain shot to the playoffs. Even if they don't, they should make the playoffs. I think if he wants the title chase and he wants a new environment, I, I think he goes to Buffalo. I think he plays in New York. Yeah, I don't uh I don't have too much to disagree on. Here's the biggest thing. Let's let's back up a little bit. I think in a perfect world, um if the Steelers didn't have quarterback questions and they weren't um negative thirty million under the cap, and again there's been some restructures and I think they'll do some more, but they have a ways to go. Um, I think that would be the number one landing spot. As soon as this happened, everybody immediately, Pittsburgh, 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 because it makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. And I think in a perfect world, I think J.J. wants to be there. There are reports out there that there are offers that are between 15 to $16 million for J.J., which I find funny. Honestly, I I just don't think that J.J. is worth that anymore um, unless you're paying for – everything leadership everything that goes along with it but if you're just talking about production i just don't know that he's worth i don't know i just kind of assumed that at this point he would allow a team-friendly deal you know somewhere between seven to ten million dollars um and he can play wherever he wants anywhere you know but if you're trying to rake in 15 to 16 million you're going to struggle to get that i mean just for argument's sake um as of right now only 13 teams could afford 16 million dollar cap hit so um, I'm, I'm sure that there are teams out there that if they did land him, you have the Tennessee Titans, 
the Buffalo Bills and the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are a long shot right now because they have a lot of cap problems. Um, but the Bills and the Titans are less than $4 million negative, so there's some room there to be made. Um, I think what you would probably see is a, a larger signed deal that is extremely heavy in incentives. You play 85% of your snaps, we're going to give so you So many amount. sacks. So many over. sacks. So, absolutely. 100%. Um, you know, it's going to be extremely heavy incentive-based for a team that has a bad uh, cap situation. But I think of the teams that are readily available that could pay him today uh, a couple teams that make sense the colts i mean yeah if it is elsewhere uh that you know teams could definitely jump in if it's not those three yeah for sure the colts they could offer him easily what he's asking or what he's thinking he's worth at this point in his career and he could still win um another great situation would be i think in my opinion the cowboys i don't know how much of a winner they would be but they definitely can pay him and he stays in texas um but ultimately, but the team that I thought had the best shot outside of Pittsburgh from the very get. Pittsburgh always, in my opinion, had the right hand because of the brother situation. Outside of that, it's the Tennessee Titans. He gets back, re- uh, re- yeah. gets himself back in the relationship with Mike Vrabel, who was running the defense during his, his defensive play of the year years. Um, he's the head coach of that team. He gets to play under him again in that defensive scheme. Uh, potentially Clowney's there again. Lots to like. And... You're the guy. You're not coming in there in packages. You're the guy because they don't have a pass rush. They have the worst pass rush in the league. So um, instant gratification of coming in there and being a locker room leader and an impact on the field. And if you gave him a heavy incentive-based contract, he could benefit from it in a scheme that he knows and being the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it could be anything, but if some of you uh, were paying attention, J.J. Watt did have a tweet, random tweet on February 23rd out of nowhere that said mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. And I just think it's funny, you know, a, a lot of people are trying to, you know, decipher what this means, you know, but uh, if you guys didn't know the mitochondria research center is located in Buffalo, New York. So I don't know what that means. You guys can take it for what it was. People are trying to break it down the best way they can, but it's just odd that he would say that randomly when the Buffalo Bills are in the hunt, and then it comes out he has three teams, and they're one of them. Maybe he personally is trying to coax them to to up the offer. I don't know what's going on, but J.J. Watt, it's interesting, but it seems to be narrowed down. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit of his old teammate, Deshaun Watson. Uh, it, it's, it, it's pretty much been said that uh, they're not accepting phone calls. Uh, it was reported today by Adam Scheffler that he did go out to dinner with a uh, newly acquired head coach. Um, and he told him straight up at dinner that I don't plan on playing here anymore. So at this point, we could assume one of two things. He's either going to sit out or he's going to be traded. Um, any likely destinations that pop up in your head that we haven't already talked about? No, um, I still think I still think unless the team comes out of nowhere, I think the Bears, Broncos, Jets, Dolphins are the teams that I think is is where he would go personally. I think they would give up the most for him. I I still think it'll be the New York Jets or the Miami Dolphins. I think those are the two most likely destinations. Um, Alluding to the dinner thing, a lot of people may see that story and, you know, assume, oh, nothing we didn't already know. Well, technically, these are things that we assume to be 100% true. 
it's actually really big news that he's finally communicating to the coach. He had no communication with the coach or GM and told him this is now officially him telling the staff, I'm not playing for the Houston Texans. That the whole premise of the Texans has been they have a belief they can fix the relationship. He has now told them, instead of hearing it through secondhand sources, that he's not playing for them. When they do open the phone calls, I think the Jets can give up a lot, but I also think the Dolphins could as well. When you talk about Tua, maybe even a defensive player, the third, 18th, and a next year first, or the Jets. Sam Darnold, the first or the second pick this year, 34th overall, and a first round next year. Those are the two teams that can give up the most, but with the no trade clause, it could be a, a better situation for them, like maybe the Bears could be, but the Dolphins seems to be the best for everybody involved. I think the Panthers are a potential case too. And I, I yeah. think that the Panthers were to get involved. It would almost have to include Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. But I mean, I think that that would be a fun trade McCaffrey and some first round picks. Um, you know, I don't know. I, here's the thing. The Texans don't want to trade him. So it, it's definitely going to take a haul. I think this is going to be a massive deal. Unlike one that we've probably seen before. And I know that's probably the easy thing to say, but I think it's even going to, I think it'll honestly surpass everything that we've ever said. You know what, if you remember correctly, and I, I'm going to test your memory here, but early on in this pod, I called you and I said, Patrick Mahomes just signed an extension. And you said, if it's a penny under 400 million, they got a discount. And I'm like, it's not. <laughs> it's, right, so it was yeah. everything we saw, everything they thought, it was everything we thought and more. I think this will be that, too. I think it'll be everything we think it is, four first-round picks, three first-round picks, and probably more. It'll probably be in the vicinity of a player, three first-rounders, and then some back-end picks, second and and third. And and the Panthers, uh, just recently over the past week, week and a half, um, they've freed up some salary cap space. They now currently sit at eighth most with around $31 in cap space. And I believe, I, I'd have to recheck, but I believe there was a story that Teddy Bridgewater may have unfollowed the Panthers on Instagram. I know that's like that's a little side there. story, but, but that matters. Like your social, you know, the things that you have in your biography and who you follow, it really matters. It's the same way with Watson, you know, when he unfollows the Texans and changes his occupation to athlete, like those things matter. So if Teddy Bridgewater's, you know, getting another slight that he's not going to be the guy and they're going to be looking forward and they're freeing up all this cap space and people talk about coaches with the most power. I mean, Matt Rule signed a 10 year contract. They're kind of locked up with this guy for a while. He can do whatever he wants. And if he went all defense in the draft and has all this cap space, I think they would, uh, I mean, Christian McCaffrey and Deshaun Watson are equal talent at their position, but quarterback's more important. So if it was Christian McCaffrey, two firsts and a third, hypothetically speaking, and if Deshaun says that's one of the few locations he'll go, that might bring down the price simply because they can't get a trade with someone who's willing to give up more. And you're, I mean, unfortunately, you're not going to get a trade done with somebody that has another quarterback. I don't see... I don't see a premier quarterback being traded unless it's the Raiders. For some reason, I think Carr could be involved in a trade. Outside of that, I don't see anybody doing a quarterback for quarterback trade. I'm not including Tua. I'm not including Bridgewater. Those are some people. Yeah. 
Trubisky. Some people, some people who are listening to what you just said, um, a lot of people will look back to a report that came out from the Raiders that said, we're not interested in trading Derek Carr. Yeah. Yeah, when the Colts inquired about him. If Deshaun Watson was involved, they would absolutely, at the drop of a hat, get rid of Derek Carr. Yes. And I think he'd be silly to think otherwise. Nothing against Derek Carr. I think he's a, a good quarterback, potentially around the 10th to 12th best quarterback in the league, maybe even in the top 10 a little bit. But yeah. that's for another day. When you're talking about Deshaun Watson, he's one of the top six, and it's not arguable. I was thinking about this. Um, Nick Wright, famously, I mean, he's been out there with this opinion, but... Uh, he said that he thought it would be an interesting idea to trade your first-round pick every year he's up with the team, and we'll cap it at 10. I had a different idea. What if, and again, it really depends on what players would be involved, but what if a team offered, again, three first-round picks, and then rather than a fourth first-round, it becomes a second, and then every year that he's on the team, you get a descending pick and be tell you hit the seventh overall pick or seventh round pick and then it you're clear after that I, it's clear that I, when i hear stuff like that it's incredibly fun to start thinking about the possibilities yeah. but i i do think it's totally unrealistic um i think when a team gets to that they would never have to make a deal like that in order to acquire a player if they offered two three first and a second Instead of adding that descending fix, you could just hold the line there. And if they want to eat the contract of Deshaun Watson and let him sit, that's fine. But he stated he's not putting on the four for the Houston Texans. So as fans of the NFL, like you and I are, we could potentially be robbed of Deshaun Watson for a year or two if they decide to be stingy and not give in and trade the player, which would be incredible. And again, if that's the route it takes, I stand by my opinion that it could get so bad for the Texans that it's a potential relocation of a team. Someone else buys it and relocates the team. I, I just think there's too many people on Deshaun Watson's side over the Texans. It's just bad PR all over it. There are people out there that um, – what am I looking for here? They're, they're more team guys than they are player guys. I consider myself both, but I definitely try to side with the player because, I mean, the player's a millionaire, the owner's a billionaire. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it, it's not close. Um, but I guess the thing that would stand out to me is... I just lost my train of thought. Oh, the NBA is a league of player mobility. Everybody knows this. Players, I mean, if they play five years with a team you're loyal, <laughs> you know, like Damian Lillard's played like people know, like, why is Bradley Beal still a wizard? Yes. Like, yes. Bradley Beal. Great example. He got drafted in 2012. Okay. He's been there 10 years. He's a loyal player. Yuck. You know, it's pretty crazy. He came in the league at like 19 years old, yeah. but the NFL tries very hard to not be that. First off, they have the franchise tag. Okay. Um, players don't just, demand trades they just they don't do that especially not star quarterbacks and you know we're going to talk about another one here in just a second but like i almost feel like the owners have gotten together and because for in my opinion this deal would have already been done he's 25 years old and he's a top six quarterback in this league this deal would have been done in my opinion i think there's owners out there that don't want this to be done because they're setting a precedent, you know, 
all these GMs and all these owners come together and say, we're not going to ring your phone off the hook as bad as we want a player like him because we don't want this to happen. And now Russell Wilson, let's go ahead and translate right into it. Russell Wilson's now asking, potentially asking for a trade. And per his words, he has not demanded a trade. He has not asked for a trade, but he said he he prefers to stay in Seattle. Prefers to stay in Seattle, but if there's a market for him, because he has a no-trade clause, he opened up his list, okay, per reports, the Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, and the Bears. And that's Adam Schefter, so you have to it, take it for what it is. Absolutely. If Schefter's important, it, I, I'm enough to say it out here on the pod. Now, potentially, if there's a trade from a random suitor that comes in and the Seahawks come to us, they're like, hey, we got this monster offer, but it's from Miami. We want to take it. Would you want to play in Miami? He could potentially, you know, go home, talk to the wife, and say yes. It's not definitive that these are the four teams. These are the four teams we'll probably talk about because that's who Russell said. But, yeah. Which I don't understand. I don't understand how the the Bears are on this list. First off, they're they're negative $6 in cap. They have a good coach, not a great coach, um, and their roster's middle of the pack in the league, okay? Uh, Vegas. They have a good coach, not a great coach. I don't even know if he's good. I, we'll, we'll call him good for argument's sake. Uh, and they're negative $18 million against the cap. Okay. The Saints, Hall of Fame level coach, but terrible cap situation. Negative, it's the worst cap situation in the entire league. Um, but they do have offensive help and things of that such nature. So there's some things to talk about there. And then the Cowboys uh, is the only one that really makes – total sense because the Cowboys could literally tag Dak, trade Dak, and Dak could sign a long-term deal with the Seahawks. So it, it does sort of make sense there. I don't know. I'm just like... A few things I looked at when I saw this. One of the things was if he goes to the Saints, he gets to play against Brady twice. If he goes to the Bears... He, no, I know. But if he goes to the Bears, he gets to play Rodgers twice. If he goes to the Raiders... He gets to play Mahomes twice. And if he goes to the Cowboys, he, it's just an easy division for him to win, or you would he's think. walking to the Super Bowl, or he's right. walking to the playoffs every year. But another thing I look at is the cities, Chicago, New Orleans, Dallas, Las Vegas. I think his wife has a lot to do with that, too. And I also think a lot of these teams would allow him to have a lot of freedom. It would be a, a complete switchover from what he has now. Um, I know they're not on his list, but in terms of resources, if he was to be traded this year, I still think New York has all the resources to go get whoever they wanted at quarterback. The Jets can acquire anybody they want. And the cap space to be able to build a brand new team. And that's why I – because right now when you just look at the Jets, it's like they're so bad, why would anyone want to go there? But if if a Deshaun or a Russell went there, you talk about the Allen Robinsons and the Richard Shermans and the – the Shaq Barretts and the Von Millers and these guys who are going to be free agents, why not go be part of something new? You know, I just that that's what I think of there. I don't anticipate Russell Wilson being traded this offseason. Um but I, if he I is, agree with you. If he is, I, I think it would be the Bears. Mitch Trubisky's okay and, and he would be a great quote unquote puppet for Pete Carroll. You know, just run the ball, play action, let let the defense win it. Because I believe in a trade, it could be Mitch and either Rokon Smith or Khalil Mack. One of those two, along with two first-rounders. If you gave two first-rounders, a quarterback who started in the NFL, and a pro bowler on defense. Who 
who just got traded for two first rounders. So he's essentially two first rounders. Right. I, I look at Khalil Mack because Bobby Wagner is already in the middle of your defense. If you had Mack, you'd have Mack, Wagner, Jamal Adams. And another reason I thought Jets, I know Russell, the no trade call is the only thing in there, but the Jets and Seahawks have obviously done business before in the Jamal Adams trade. So the picks you acquired from Jamal Adams, you could essentially give back to them, plus a Sam Darnold and maybe another pick and acquire Russell Wilson. That's just my thoughts on the trade, if it's possible. But what we can establish is that not as bad, but like no one knew things were bad with Antonio Brown and the Steelers. And then as soon as one story got out, they were coming left and right on how bad things were. Now, Russell's a totally different guy, but at the same time, everything's all nice. He's been sacked 394 times in nine seasons. Then when he accepts the award at the Super Bowl, he's sitting next to the commissioner watching Tom Brady just not get touched. So he goes to Pete Carroll and asks about inquiring about getting offensive line help. He's dismissed. They, a story just came out how before a Thursday night football game, he went to the coaching staff and the, and, and the GM and talked about his ideas for a game plan and was just dismissed. He is just a pawn at, at the Seahawks in their eyes. But if he went somewhere else, he would get all the power and be able to have a lot of input. And that matters to a guy like Russell Wilson. And um, I think there's always been like a sub story that Sierra, his wife, doesn't like it in Seattle. She wants to be in a bigger city, maybe even more central in America. And when you look at Las Vegas, New Orleans, Chicago and Dallas, it's all right down the middle of the country. Yeah. So I, th I think his wife being a global superstar as well has a lot to do with what situations he looked at and decided on this four-team list. I don't think it's all him. That's why I think some of these teams, it's like, what? But the Saints are so far under the cap, I don't even know how it's fathomable for them to acquire a guy like Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah, that would need some... They would have to include Michael Thomas in the in the deal and probably Cameron Jordan, too. Like, two first, Cameron Jordan, Michael yeah. Thomas, sell the whole team and just start anew with Russell Wilson. Taysom Hill, like, literally everyone. I mean... They already have to almost blow up their operation. It would just be instead of releasing and cutting these guys, they just send them in one big package to start over. But that's, I guess that's more of a question for another time. We got plenty of free agency in, in the draft coming up in yeah. two months from now, guys. If you didn't realize that, eight weeks till the draft. Pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, I think that pretty much for the most part wraps up the NFL talk. We'll uh, take a quick sec here. We'll get into the NBA. The NBA All-Star Game is going to be Sunday, March 7th at 6.30 p.m. Uh, last year's game was great. The end of it, the way they change up the structure. Um, the the first three quarters are your standard quarters. Score as much as you want. And then the um, the last quarter, they take whoever has the most points and they add 24 points to that. And that's the final score. So it's both teams have to then battle to that. So if one team's down by 20, they have to score 44 points where the team that goes in with the lead only has to score 24. 24, yep. And that's for Kobe Bryant. So with that being said, the All-Star Game will be happening. But we're here to talk about something before the All-Star Game. The teams and the snubs. Let's go ahead and write down the list of the East. Uh, Kevin Durant is the, the top vote getter for the East. Uh, followed by Giannis, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, and Kyrie Irving. So that's your top five. That's your starting lineup. Okay. Going into the reserves, you have Jalen Brown, James Harden, 
Zach Levine, Julius Randle of the Knicks, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, and Nikola Vesilevic. <laughs> Nikola Vucevic. Sure, yes. It's Vucevic. And they're going to be coached by Doc Rivers. <laughs> Go, going into the West. <laughs> going into the West. LeBron James, the top overall vote-getter, as well as the, as the West vote-getter, um, followed by Steph Curry, Luka Doncic. Who was that? Luka Doncic. Okay. I, didn't, I just want to make sure. I... <laughs> Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard. That is your starting five. As for the reserves, you have Anthony Davis, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Zion Williamson. And as a, that team will be coached by Quinn Snyder, the Utah Jazz head coach. The the latest news that we do have is that Anthony Davis, who is injured for four weeks, is going to be replaced by Devin Booker. Let's yep. go ahead and of everything we I just read here, um, let's start in the East. Obviously, a big topic this time of year is always all-star snubs. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a couple that come to mind as far as just like it's crazy. Let me go ahead and start here. Yeah. Uh, it is it is wild that in 2022, if I told you a player is averaging, I'm not going to tell you the player's name, a player is averaging 19.9 points per game, 9.7 rebounds per game, and 9.7 assists per game, would you assume they would be an all-star? It's borderline triple-double. I would assume that they are an all-star. But if I told you that player was Russell Westbrook? Mm-hmm. He's not making the all-star team. And to be honest, of all the snubs, there's a lot in the East. Yes. The he's East, like, I had a lot of stuff going on. He's fourth on my list as far as, like, down the chain. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there somebody that sticks out to you that you're like, snub, East? Um. Well, I guess, like, the stat line is one thing, but it is a lot about the eye test, too, when you watch him play. And with the structure of fan voting – I feel like Russell Westbrook's a character that might not get a lot of fan votes. A lot of fans might have problems with him and uh, the efficiency of which he plays. He's missed a lot of games too, but um, yeah, um, I thought Sabonis and um, Trey Young immediately came to my mind as people who didn't make the list. I thought that was pretty crazy. Um, Sabonis has been having a pretty good year for the Pacers and 20, 21 points, eleven, uh, basically twelve rebounds and six assists. Yeah, I, I thought he was playing really well, but a guy who plays for the Indiana Pacers, I guess, could get lost a little bit because no one's really paying attention to him. Um, I've got a minor snub. I think Harden should have been the starting point guard over Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Um, I think some people agree with that. Um, but the the bigger hot take is. I don't think Kyrie Irving should have even been an all-star. And I know that's a lot of like craziness, but I also Mm, feel the same. You're onto something. I feel the same way about Anthony Davis. And it's not because of how good they are. They're obviously elite top players and their stat lines aren't, are are good too. I just think if you missed 10 games before the all-star break, you've missed a quarter of the season thus far. Yeah. And I feel like being on the court 
also matters a little bit when you're voting for all-star. So when you have a guy like Trey Young, who scores 27 points a game, nine and a half assists, I feel like to, to leave him out, but a guy like Kyrie Irving, who's missed 10 games, is in there. Like, he's averaging more points. Well, they're averaging the same amount of points, but he's averaging almost double the assists. So and talk about over 10 more games. Yeah. Okay. Can I hop in? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know if you would talk about Trey Young. Um, Trey Young. I, I, I have a lot to say about Trey Young. And I'm not going to diss the starting fives only because the starting fives are heavily fan voted. That's right. why Kyrie is starting over James Harden because his yeah. stats aren't as good as James Harden. It's the fan vote. It is the fan vote. Okay. So that's very important to know. Here's some stats on Trey Young. This didn't take long for me to figure out either. It's insane. So Trey Young at this year is averaging 27, four rebounds, 9.5 assists at 43.8% from the field. Okay. He is currently listed as the 17th most efficient player in the league. What's efficient? You ask. Basically means efficiency. And that is your basic individual statistics of points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, Minus turnovers and shot attempts, obviously. So it's correlated all into one, and given you're given a score, okay? Um, for argument's sake, you're like, okay, what's what's really good? Um, Jokic is number one in the league at 36.6, and that's a pretty great number. Is Giannis is 33.5, okay? So at 17 is Trey Young, 26.1. Keep that number in mind. Back to Trey Young in the league this year. This season, I'm just going off this season, there are 10 players averaging 27 points per game. Guess how many of them missed the All-Star game? One, Trey Young. Okay? Of those 10 players, guess how many of them averaged 9.5 assists per game? One, that is Trey Young. Okay? Now, there are more that average nine, Luca. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. 9.2 or whatever. But he is number one of those players in assists per game. Right. Even if by a slow margin. And okay, let's so let's just for argument's sake here. Damian Lillard averages eight. Luca averages nine point two. And Trey Young averages nine point five. So uh, of the ten players that average twenty seven points per game, nobody else even averages seven. So he's one of three guys to average 27 and eight. So, okay, rebounds come into play. What's good rebounding numbers? In my opinion, it's seven or more. Okay, guess how many guys average that? Three, nine, seven and a half, and 10. I'm sorry, and eight. So four guys average seven or more rebounds. So it's like, why couldn't we get Trey Young in? Of, of yeah. 10 players in the league this year that are averaging 27, he was the only one left out. That would never happen in, in years past. And I, I don't know if it's because the league is going to a point where everybody is just so stat heavy. But you're like, well, okay, what else sets them apart? Well, I'm not done. I mean, I'm going to set them apart right now. So players that he is more efficient than this year. He's more efficient than Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Donovan Mitchell. All All-Stars. There's plenty more, but those are the All-Stars that he's more efficient. Uh, you, you look at like a quick take. Jalen Brown from the Celtics. Yes. Averages four less points. Yep. Averages six less assists. 
and less than two rebounds. It's actually, um, yeah, it's he averages five and a half rebounds to Trey Young's four. Yeah. And his assist number is nine and a half to four. Like it's not close. Yeah. Yeah, like Trey Young in any draft would probably be picked over Jalen Brown right now, period. And then Tatum, I mean, as much as I like Tatum personally, I on do. the Celtics, if, if you did a blind test and put uh, Tatum and Brown's numbers next to each other, you wouldn't really know which one's which. They're both the, the same player, essentially. Yeah. And yeah. you have Trey Young, who's playing better than both of them. And I, Ben Simmons, I get that he's averaging eight points and eight assists, which are really good numbers. But, like, he's only scoring 15 points a game. Trey Young almost has double that with more assists. And, sure, Ben Simmons is 6'10". He's beating him in rebounds. Congratulations. But I just – you turn on any TV, and there's no way you can miss Trey Young. There's games where Ben Simmons might disappear offensively or, or this or that. I just – Trey Young was a huge snub. Um, I, I don't have – the stats in front of me because I just, I don't have time to go back and do all the history checking. Right. But I, I did a quick Google search of the 10 worst NBA all-star snubs of all time. Okay. Of the top 10, only one player on the entire list averaged 27 or more points per game. It was in 1971 to 72. Nate Archibald averaged 28, nine and three of those numbers. (laughs) Trey Young was literally better than him. <laughs> I mean, he averaged a point less. He averaged more assists, and he averaged double the rebounds. I, it's just like I don't, I don't know. Trey, what happened that Trey Young missed the All Star game? Maybe because he's second in the league in turnovers. But like, if if you want to go by that, say it's like, well, he's second in the league in turnovers. Well, who's one? Russell Westbrook. See, yeah. there's a pattern. That's why they didn't make it. Who's three? But, Let's go three through nine. Yeah, Luca, Harden, Levine, Laron, Giannis, Booker, Sabonis. Yeah, that's your next. They handle the ball a lot. Of course, yeah. turnovers a game is one a quarter. You'll live with that. You'll live with that out of your out of your point guard and best player. If they're dropping thirty a night. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. And out of those guys, one, two, three, only three average more points, and it's Giannis, Levine, and Luca. All all stars. I mean, all these guys are all stars. You you want to skip Embiid because he doesn't have, you know, the uh, <clears throat> or the all stars after Bo- Sabonis, who also got snubbed. I think Embiid, Beal, Lillard, Jokic, Simmons, Randall, all guys that are that are on the the all star team. I just is it a fan vote? Do people not like Trey Young? Like. How does this get missed? I, I don't know. And and you're like, well, well, who do you remove? I can move Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, or Ben Simmons, but I feel like they all have a bigger following and they get more votes. I, I'm not, I don't want to say straight up the structure's flawed because of one guy, but that's why I had Trey Young in for maybe Kyrie, and it's simply because of games missed. It has nothing to do with ability, scoring, yeah. popularity. The team's record's phenomenal. I just think if you've if there's 33 games into the voting and you've missed 10 of them, I know your numbers are good, but you also have two other teammates that are on the all-star team. I just, I thought it was crazy that, that you could make it. And same thing with Anthony Davis. I mean, well, the Anthony Davis one is different than the Kyrie one only because of the starters are picked by fan voting several years ago. I forget the year 
I, I want to say it's 2009. I want to say that's the year. Allen Iverson started the All-Star game, um, and he was averaging like 14 points a game. But it's Allen Iverson, so he gets voted in, you know. Um, Tracy McGrady one year had only played like four games. He was hurt and was leading the vote-getters in the West over guys like Kobe and Dirk at the time. And ended up finally getting punched out at the last second, but he was going to be awarded a starting gig. It's like, I'm not saying the system's flawed because they, it's the all-star game. They want it to be fan friendly, but at some point we have to, to really consider some things. And, and at the end it, of the day, Jalen Brown is the, is the best guy because I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer is don't tell me somebody was snubbed until you tell me somebody's coming out. Don't just argue that somebody got left out. Cool. There's, 10 other guys that have great numbers too, but truly he needs to be in over probably Jalen Brown, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's the only thing about Anthony Davis with him missing 10 games and still making the reserves. I was looking and I was like, <clears throat> I don't, I don't even know who really got snubbed in the West. I mean, I was trying to look for it and I was like, Brandon Ingram, maybe uh, Christian Wood was playing lights out, but then he was hurt for so long or like, there just wasn't really much conviction. But, yeah, when it came to the East, I was like, I mean, you look at a guy like even Bam Adebayo, 20 points, or 19.6 points, yeah. 9.6 rebounds, 5.5 assists, one steal, and one block. I mean, I know he was averaging two and two, regardless. Well, either way, he's doing it on both ends of the floor. And to be a center or a big man that, that's averaging 5.5 assists also, I just think, you know, you look at a guy like that, and it's like, you know. I just don't understand it. Like, you know, for me, the only the only person in the West that I felt was quote-unquote snubbed was Devin Booker, and the guy that got in over him that shouldn't have, in my opinion, was his own teammate. Now, I know you're like, well, Anthony Davis, but when Anthony Davis is out there, 22-8 and eight is, and we know he's a force, you know. Yeah. He's going to give you some blocks and everything else, but. Chris Paul at 16 and 8 just wasn't enough for me to get in over Booker. But, you know, when you're talking about Anthony Davis, you said 22 and 8 with three assists. Yeah. Bam Bios putting up 19 and 10 yeah. with five and a half assists. I mean, if you want to look at just stat lines, Bam Adebayo is Anthony Davis this year. Yeah. And now Anthony Davis is having a down year. He's usually better. He's been dealing with the lower leg injury. And Anthony Davis, we know what he can be. Yeah, But, like, in terms of numbers, him and Bam Adebayo, or you look at Sabonis, 21.5 points, less than a point off from Anthony Davis. 11.7 rebounds, that's three more. 5.7 assists, that's pretty much three more. Like, Nick Sabonis is playing unbelievable basketball, and you look at a guy like Jalen Brown or a Ben Simmons, and it's like, I, I don't know. That, that's why I feel like the three guys that got snubbed, I feel like Kyrie's an easy guy to take the bullet to get out of there because he's missed 10 games. Yeah. But it is voting, and he got the most votes, which I couldn't believe he got more than Harden. That really that – Kyrie has a very large following. Yeah, Uncle part Drew. Of part of it's the shoes. Yeah, the Uncle, Uncle Drew thing, the shoes. He has a very large following with the kids and everybody else. Um, you know, for me, the West, it just there wasn't a lot of – quote unquote snubs, you know, um, Teams, those individual guys that are putting up yeah. light numbers. 
But the East is, ba- you know, the East has been pretty rough this year. I mean, this isn't a, really a pod we're gonna do um, standings and stuff. But one year, what's that? How many? How many people make the reserves? There's five starters, and is there eight reserves? Uh, I think it's hang on here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven reserves. Thirteen. Right. They should Don't take. Make- you get the five starters. And you should take the two guys who got the best grades. I don't, is it voting for the reserves as well? No, it's co- um, It's a committee, and then I think, I think the, the coach, portion. the coach gets one or two extra picks. Like the uh, so years ago, the Pistons had four All Stars. Their coach was the was the um the all-star coach so he took two pistons a couple of years ago the warriors did the same thing steve kerr was that he he brought in draymond green and clay thompson like so i, I don't i mean so, i have a feeling a- rudy gobert probably got in because of because i mean rudy gobert's numbers are not eye-popping 14 points a game and 13 boards I just what's think- andre drummond averaging i don't know i'm probably damn near close I just think it would be fun if maybe on All Star Weekend you take like the the three guys who had who had the lowest amount that got on the All Star team, and the three first guys left off, and you did a three on three to twenty one on the first day of the All Star game or All Star Weekend. Yeah, just who gets to play in the All Star game? Little three v three to twenty one. Love well, it. Or make a little one on one tournament out of it. Just like have a little fun. I know. Well, you can't have a center play a point guard and this and that, but like, do something like that to give guys a chance to earn their way into the All Star. I love that. I love that. Close. I feel like that would get a big following. I think yeah, All Star Weekend. First off, I know you kind of joked the other night at poker that the dunk contest isn't good or whatever, but I've always liked the NBA All Star Weekend. The dunk contest, the three point, the skills have all been fun. A couple years ago, they used to do like a what was it called? I forget the name of it, but it was basically. A, uh, a team, okay? And it consisted of a former athlete for a certain team, a current athlete for the same team, a WNBA athlete for the same city, and then, was that it? I think that was it, okay? So a WNBA, a current athlete, and then a former athlete, okay? So, and what they would do is they would do a, a series of shots, and they would have to end with a half-court shot. That went away. There's still more time. It's like uh, a layup, free throw, the three yeah. point, and then the half. I'll tell you what. What you just said, a three-on-three three would fit All-Star Weekend perfect. It's just a game of 21. Just a game to 21. Yeah, just to see who gets to play in the All-Star game. Not they all court. made it. Half court, old yep. school style, like you're on the court. Right? All-Star Weekend. Yeah. Or instead of having the All-Star game like that, if if you said there's five starters, seven on the bench, 12 and 12, that's 24. The top eight vote getters are captains, and they get to pick two people to be on their three-on-three teams, and you do a three-on-three tournament half court. So the top eight vote getters, it goes from one to eight, snake one, and they all get to pick one guy. 24 all-stars are still there, and you take your three-on-three, and you have a little tournament, and it can be like an all-day thing. or, or, or I I just think they could do something more fun like that. I think it would be more fun – to get people a little bit more competitive, you know, like the smaller teams that would give them that drive. I just think it would be really fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, as far from back to the snub thing, the East definitely got, uh, 
They got several snubs. Middleton, you know, we didn't even talk about him. 21-6-6. and I mean, it's crazy. Problem, but the East is too competitive, I think. Uh, what do you, you mean as far as stats? Yeah, right. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Middleton's playing good, and, and the Bucks are playing well, but like 21-6-6, six and six, I mean, I don't know. That's solid. I still don't think it should be an over Trey Young, though. How did Trey Young that? How did I don't you? know. I have no idea. Now, and, and remember, Jeff said he looked up a list. Now, not all lists are definitive. Yeah. But top 10 snubs all time. And Trey Young's on this list, people. Like, it's just it's incredible. And how much fun was it when him and Luca were in it uh, last year? There's still yes. that half-court shot. Like, yeah. And they were traded for each other in the same draft. A lot of people overlooked that or people don't pay attention to the draft. The Hawks took Luca. Then the Mavericks took um, Trey Young, and they traded. It was like a Philip Rivers, Eli Manning draft day thing. And it was just cool to see them doing that. And we thought, you know, that's a future of the All-Star game for a long time. Yeah. You know, one plays in the East, one plays in the West, red versus blue, everything. Yeah. And then it was, I don't know, I feel like we got we got gypped of another moment between those two from the same draft class. And I'm not hoping someone from the East gets hurt, but you you know he's the next man up if someone decides that they don't want to play. If Durant's still out, you know, resting, I know he's the captain, but even though it's yeah. his team, you know, but I worry that Sabonis could get in over Young simply because of positional need or well, however it works. But I know you, you noted Sabonis' stats and stuff. Uh, I don't know if you said this. He's shooting. This is crazy. He's shooting just under 60% from the field doing those numbers. And he's the number nine most efficient player in the whole league. So, I mean, he definitely has an argument over Trey Young. But Trey Young, I mean, come on, 27 and nine and a half. That is, we don't see that. We just don't see that. I think think it was Andrew Bradish. It might have been someone else. I'm sorry if I'm getting it wrong, but. They put up numbers that I think Jokic, Sabonis, and only one other guy in the league are putting up those numbers from the yeah. big men positions. And it was like 21, 9, and 5 or whatever it was. And, uh, or 21, 10, and 5 or something. 20, 10, 5. It might have been 20, 10, 5. But either way, it's, I mean, the guy's a stud. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't really have much. Um, if, if you guys were listening to that, which I hope you were, um, Notice how we did not talk about how Lillard should start over Luca because that's just that's just a dumb argument. I don't know who's talking about that. I'm not sure why that's even a a, a, a thing. Yeah. I don't I don't know because so, I, I know a lot of people are putting it up there on Facebook, but like, God no. It, it doesn't make sense to me. If we're gonna even try and argue it, I think it's a it's a closer argument for Curry and and Lillard. Not that I think I- Lillard needs to be in over Curry. I do want to say one thing, though, because I know y'all hear that. A lot of you roll your eyes because you know I, I'd be all up on Luca. But Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum has missed 20 games. And is he Nurk- really? Wow. And uh, their, their center, Nurkic, I think his name yeah, is, yeah. Has, has I think he's only played 13 or 16 games or something like that. He's Lillard's doing this without his two other guys. So, yeah. So um, the fifth seed. And yeah. if they if that team was in the East, they would be the fourth seed. I mean, borderline yeah. three seed. So it's it's a testament to the whole team, sure. But obviously, we know that that Lillard, Lillard's, he's he's the guy. So yeah. Um. No. No disrespect to Lillard, but come on. Absolutely. 
Well, I think that uh, pretty much wraps her up. Yes, it does. Yeah. You guys, I'm sure we'll be back next week with some uh, more NFL offseason headlines and, uh, and cur- current NBA talk. And, uh, yeah. No, no matter what the podcast is about, it's impossible to keep NFL out of it. You guys know that. It's an NFL yeah. world. There might be certain leagues that are dominating at certain times when the NFL's not there, but it's the NFL's world and we're just living in it. Absolutely. And we are right on the heels of uh, the draft, as Brad alluded to. And uh, I think I think we'll potentially maybe do a NCAA tournament here coming up for March Madness. So be on the lookout for that. And yeah, with that being said, Michigan tips off with Iowa tonight. I got a college hoop pull up for a couple of Big Ten games. Make sure you guys go vote in that. Get get involved. And yeah, I think play that's it. State too. Don't forget about that game. What's that? State plays state. Yeah. Yeah. And- absolutely. Oh, none of those teams are going to matter come come late bracket because they can't beat Michigan. So that's right, that's right. Go blue, good baby. Teams. Good teams. Good teams. Good. All right, guys, it's been real. Thanks you again, and take care. Go blue. See you guys.